This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. And good to have your company on a very different and very special edition of the Sounding Board, episode 34, series 6, Hachi. I need to say that before I go any further. For Drinkwise, as always, if you're choosing to have a drink, Choose to drink wise, and there are a few people choosing to do that today on this particular occasion. Hutchie at the uh, the beautiful Wembley Hotel here in Wembley in Perth, where we are having an outside broadcast for Grand Final Week Sounding Board 2021. And um, I can't believe how many people are here, Hutchie. They might have just stumbled in accidentally, but uh, if you're here for the Sounding Board reasons, thank you for your attendance. It's uh, it's actually a really good number. Good afternoon, everyone. How is everyone? Fired up for grand final week and well under the city of Perth. It's put on a magnificent show. First of all, nice to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to that, mindful of everyone going through really tough times in Melbourne and Sydney. Don't mean to come across as insensitive sitting in an outdoor pub in mm. the other side of the country. And I, I fully understand that would be the view of some. It is a tough time in Melbourne. Yeah. We're going to talk about the roadmap out in a moment. Uh, looks Things look a little more positive in Sydney and in October 11 or 12 potential, but... What we'd ask you to do if you're listening at home right now or if you're listening remotely is to hit hit pause on your um, on your podcast. Go and have get pour yourself a one drink. That's it, because you won't miss a moment if you drink wise. Just relax for a little bit. Take your mind off your worries for 45 minutes and live a little bit vicariously and join us here in... There's a couple of hundred people in the beer garden here at the Wembley Hotel in Perth. It's a magnificent spot. This city gets its moment in the sun. Uh, we're clearly very fortunate to be here, but yeah. we're not without reflecting on everyone else back in Victoria and what um, Victoria and New South Wales and New Zealand is going through. Yep. So welcome, everyone. And uh, it's it's been an eye-opening experience for us over the last week. This is a rare sighting, by the way. Damo's got two companions within the whole trip. He's never been more than a metre and a half from Basil, <laughs> who's replaced James Brayshaw in his life, and he's dagging around Basil. He's got Basil's event calendar. What time are you going to be there, Basil? I'll come past you. I'll, show, I'll be there. I'd go up on stage and do five minutes with you, Basil. And he's also got... Damo's also brought his own cameraman with him. Can you believe that? From a website. <laughs> afl.com.au have sent a cameraman with him to cover his journey. So you'll all end up in vision today. And his cameraman is here, and he's doubled as his bodyguard. So he doesn't take any nonsense, Damo. If you're going to have a bit of feedback for him, make sure it's constructive, or you'll get shut down very quick. Yeah, we will. Now, Hachi, let's get to the normal sounding board topics, because uh, it's disturbing to me to see you now twice out of four, the four or five times I have seen you this week. Going the, the no-sock look, which you are going with again today. Now, I get it, Hutchie, that some footballers and some certain people at a certain age, younger than, than you and I, can, can wear that look, no sock, but I'm not sure... You, don't, you think it, don't think it's working for Not sure it's your look uh, to pull off there, Hutchie. So, uh, yeah. yeah and, I, and I think... Did you have socks on at the Brownlow when I... Well, for those who didn't go to the Brownlow, how sick were you all of, of watching the coverage and every second cutaway to the crowd... You must have asked Channel 7 to be front and square with the main boom camera that came back from every single ad break and seemed to go to you on every single ad break. My run on the wide shot on the Brownlow lasted longer than my run hosting the footy show. That's how long it was for. <laughs> it was, it was a, I got caught in that wide shot on the camera the whole time. Isn't it funny about the human mind? We've been doing television for 25 years, barely get any feedback when you're on the air hosting a show. But when you're in the crowd somewhere, you get 400 text messages from people who all think they're the only person that spotted you in the crowd. <laughs> it's something about the human mind and the, and the voyeurism. Voyeurism is a big product in modern times. Yeah, was, the other aspect I want to talk to you about the Brownlow Hutch, I saw Kane Corns that afternoon after we completed the Sunday footy show um, part of the day. And I said to him, as we said goodbye to each other, uh, what are you doing? You're going to the Brownlow? He said, nah, no interest. I'm going for a run and then I'm going back home and have a bit of a, an easy afternoon. 
First person I saw when I got to the Brownlow was Kane Corns, and he said he was your plus yep. one. Now, I want to explore this because I know the way you work. You, you would have asked, I reckon, a conservative 25 people before you got to Kane Corns if you wanted to be the plus one no, for your day. Now, you, you would have asked at least 25. That joke's you? been well done. Matthew Lloyd ran that to the ground on footy classified. I didn't see that. A bit late to the party. I didn't see that. that, but that's exactly what, he would have, what you would have but done. He, you, no. you, would have, you would have gone for the highest uh, money-earning client you've got in Perth. You then would have worked your way down to... It's very unreasonable. We we already had um, some clients here on the night, and I hadn't thought about taking anyone until late in the day. And Kane was how unlucky was Ben Cousins, by the way. Ben Cousins, it's his return to public life. This is his city, Perth. He's been uh, keeping a lower profile for several years while he deals with his challenges. Kane Corns would have tagged him 15, 20 times <laughs> in his career, <laughs> driven him mad, absolutely mad. He thought, I'll just sneak into the Brownlow. And the first person he bumped into was Kane, who did not leave him alone for 45 minutes. He couldn't move. He couldn't turn into another conversation. Every time he moved, Kane was tagging him. He was so it was like a, it was he was a fanboy Kane around around Ben. Um, how did you think the return of Ben to public life went? On, yeah, it's good. I, yeah. I thought he did it really well himself. He made himself available, didn't he, for all the interviews on the on the red carpet for anyone who wanted to chat to him and. I mean, we, we don't get to see what the what you guys and, and girls out here do with Ben Cousins' life, and we only get half probably the, the, the amount of media coverage that, that you all get. And But, it, yeah, for us to come in on that night and to see that he was part of it and, and wanting to be part of it uh, and talking very positively about what he's been through and acknowledging the people he's heard along the way, I, I, I thought it was great. Um, did the broadcast... The broadcast was magnificent, by the way, of what we saw in the room. Did they cover Ben enough or was there an edict to stay away from it? It would have been a tricky one to deal with in, in real time. Uh, I saw a little bit of criticism by the way today of Ben being there. And I, from whom? From, uh, I think there was some social commentary. I think it was from social media. Yep. And I, I don't think no, I think there was, some, uh, there was some TV commentary uh, around one of the platforms today. Okay. He, he still holds a revered like figure here. You actually yeah. don't really get a lens on that from as the West Australians call it, the East. <laughs> the he, he still like holds this pop star like figure around town. It's it's a mate. He was the most. He had the most presence in the room. Mm. The locals were mindful of where he was, and it's. I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's because this. There's this whole voyeurism piece around him, or the love of what he contributed for West Coast, or we don't really love an Australian until they've had a big fall. That's part of our psyche, but he's still a, a big deal here, Ben. And mm. if he can get his life together, and let's hope he can, there's a really good opportunity for him to rebound still. A couple of other Brownlow issues, Sachi, I need to, to wade through. Um, we're talking about plus ones on the invitation. Um, there's one person that we both know, and I think our listeners would know by now, uh, a media person had a plus one, and unlike others who had the plus one and just declined it and to allow other people locally to go, this person accepted it and had asked his cameraman to go as his plus one, and the cameraman was very excited about going to his first... Well, name game. names, who are you talking about? Tom Brown, Tom Brown. And... So he's asked his cameraman to the brown. That yeah, seems which like is a fair and reasonable Really thing to do. nice uh, gesture, I, yeah. would, I would have thought. So what's wrong with that? I believe he then rescinded the invitation and asked someone else who's known in Perth to go as his plus one. Now, Tom... Well, hang on a minute. Tom will be denying this and has been denying this, but I have it on you, reasonably good authority, Hachi, <laughs> that he rescinded the plus one and asked someone else to come. Well, I saw him there with Colin Young, the, the player agent. That may have been the person he, uh, he trumped him for, yes. Oh, hang on a minute. So he... he he got a better off, he got a better idea in his head yep. of taking one of his contacts. Now there, there may be some confusion around what, a, what Tom had offered the cameraman. He may have said, "What are you doing Sunday night?" and, and left it at that. And the cameraman may have uh, inadvertently got excited about being Tom's plus one. But 
that how is did, how it played out. How did the, you're a tight crew. You and you got your, your own cameraman here as well. How, <laughs> how did that go over in camera circles? I think there's a real commission into how it happened, Hutchie. There, was he was the said cameraman angry? Uh, uh, disappointed? No, I don't know. I don't know that part of it. Is there but any? I reckon ex- he might have been disappointed though. Don't you think? So what, what are the, what's the ground rules there? So if you invite your work colleague to the Brownlow, you which I think would be a fairly big deal for you, you you're committed to, the, like, yep. he would have sold it as, look, this is work, Colin Young's a contact of mine, <laughs> I hope you understand, There's, this is better for business, we might get a story. <laughs> but the cameraman's just thinking, I've come to Perth, I've got to put up with Tom for seven days, which is a job oh, in itself, be... when he's rolling at full steam. Yep. And he's been given the flick from yep. the Brownlow. Yep. Now, another Brownlow issue. Do you, do you think it was a wrong decision? Absolutely. You, you cannot offer someone anything, let alone a, a Brownlow medal invitation, and then take it back, Archie. But I'm a, now, I'm a, for the record, I'm a big Tom Brown fan, as you know. <laughs> yes. Seen a lot of him this week, and yep. he's doing a, a really good job. Yep. One little bit of advice. If, I don't even know if it was Colin Young, but if it was, you never expose your contacts publicly like that. <laughs> you go do everything other than make them a plus one at a public event. But you've, got to tr- you've got to not acknowledge your contacts when you see them in a room. <laughs> well, That's well, what a military operator does. You, you, you better walk past Cole, not acknowledge him, <laughs> and then five minutes later go, sorry about that, there's a few people around watching. Speaking I'll see you tomorrow morning for a coffee down the back streets of uh, Cottesloe. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of that, have there been times where you've actually... I think I know the answer to this question, Hutchie, because I've sort of considered this. Fabricated fake blues in media with your best contacts to maybe get people off yeah, the scent? Yeah, 100%. Of course you would have done that. You've got to, yeah. cause you, I'm a long time retired, but you need decoys. <laughs> you need to run a few decoys. So do you, do you ring them up and say, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something about your client, and if you want, you, can, you can absolutely go your hardest on when you get asked for a yep. response on it? Yeah. Give me a little clip. Yep. Don't make it too, too sharp. Just, yeah. give, just enough that it registers. <laughs> okay. That was a... It was a an old, an old tactic. It was, now, it was a weird night. There's, you haven't finished yet on the brownie. Oh, no, I, I need to get this, to this one as well, and then we'll open it up to other conversation. Uh, now, I didn't see this with my eyes, so I'm relying on the person who told me, who is, to use our sounding board vernacular, Hutchie, an impeccable source, not just a high-end source or one of those uh, words on the street. It's high-placed high placed and impeccable. Yep. Okay. That's so I'm taking this at 100% fact. We, we on the Sunday footy show refer to someone getting TJ'd. He's got a history yeah, of TJ, putting yeah. his hand out and, and wanting it to shake the, the subject he's just interviewed or the athlete in question. And that athlete, either seeing the hand and just choosing not to shake it or just not seeing it. So and being brushed always. Yeah, le- leaving his hand hanging. It's pretty an embarrassing it's TV a, it's moment. A, it's a TJ. It's a TJ. Yeah. I got told from an impeccable source, you got TJ'd. Not, not, not just by a random punter, Hutchie. Wait, did you get told or did you see it? I told you, it's an impeccable source. Right. So it, it, this, this it. happened. This happened, okay? This happened. Not just a random punter. Not just a random... wasn't Kane Corn. Perth's most powerful person. Who? Kerry Stokes. Kerry Stokes. Can th- you confirm or deny you got TJ'd by Kerry Stokes? Well, there's an element... And, and I've got impeccable numbers of sources on this. Well, there's an element of truth to that, yes. <laughs> well, I know it happened. He, di- he didn't see me. <laughs> oh, of course I, he I did. don't think he would have shaken <laughs> oh, hand yeah. necessarily if he did. Does he know I, who you are? I don't think he does. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did get, I did reach out to, we're on adjacent tables. He walked past. I have huge respect, as you know, for Kerry. So in the Brownlow room, this happened. I've read his book. I love some of his philosophies. I'm a you know, long-time fan. And I did reach it with a hand out. And he was off to see someone else. I did get left hanging for a little bit. <laughs> and then a little bit longer. So you were TJ. He was gone. I was TJ. TJ. And then my thought went to, I hope the boom camera didn't catch that as well. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's sitting behind me all night. But anyway, it, it's nice to be here. Hey, I want to ask you about 
and please bear with us, the big, the big crowd in the room here in Perth. And just before you get going, we will take questions from the crowd uh, in the normal question and answer part of it. We might wrap up the main body of it today to get through some of your questions. There's already a couple of guys lined up here with uh, good questions they want to want to hit us up with, Hutchie. So, so we'll do that a, at the end of uh, end of this today. It's an absolutely magnificent spot here among friends in the Wembley Hotel, packed beer garden, and it's great to have everyone along. Um, so bear with us while we talk a bit of Melbourne for a moment. Do you feel today, for the first time in your life, a little ashamed to be a Melbourneian. Yep, but it's probably it's probably occurred before today, to be totally honest. Um, I mean, for those who haven't seen some of the social media footage and the media footage out, coming out of Melbourne, um, the protesting that's going on, and it's on the back of the uh, the, the tradies and the and the and the construction, construction site workers yep. um, needing to to vaccinate in order to to continue their their pursuits and their professions, and and obviously been a pushback in certain quarters to that. And today it's taken it to a new level. Yesterday they decided to some protesters to walk over the Westgate Bridge, which is the the main the main bridge in Melbourne, to taking Melbourne to Geelong. And today they went a step further and 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 took their protest up to the the most sacred site in Melbourne, that being the Shrine. And as we speak, it's still going on and uh, there's riots going on. So Rubber yeah. bullets were sprayed today, dramatic shots on 7 and 9 and live crosses. It looked dramatic. It was dramatic. Uh, the city's, the Shrine of Remembrance, which is iconic in Melbourne, mm. uh, it was, they were ghastly pictures. Yeah. It was confronting if you're a Melbourneian today. You're, you're really at the crossroads with your city today. Did, did your office have to get barricaded up effectively too was you, was, was in the doors locked were they is it I think they were in the in the neighbourhood yeah which yeah. is just around the corner but yeah I don't think there's any sense of any sense of trouble but, just a um, precaution the, we've seen this now go on for many days we've seen the police presence grow uh, it's it's just disgusting really well Tati you, you're a leader of, of industry do do they? What, what needs to happen? Because there's a tolerance level that has yeah. allowed these people to do what they want. I mean, there were rocks and bricks and and people stampeding on police cars yesterday. I mean, that, this is stuff we yeah, have the, not the, seen in this dis- country. The disrespect for our community was as great as we've seen in a long, long time, and it made you feel uneasy. And it comes at a time when Melburnians, um, and many would be rolling their eyes at us saying this sitting in a pub here in in, in Perth, by the way, and I understand that view, but. It comes at a time when you really are at the crossroads with your relationship with the city. Melbourne is a magnificent city, one of the best in the world. It has great is it? people. Is it? it is at its heart and its soul, Damo, but it's lost its way a bit. There's no doubt about that. And I think the the circumstances of the community, uh, 18 months, most locked down city in the world, false start, false start, false start, hope, what's it mean? Um, it, it's, it's a new load today, uh, yeah, two, I, I, two years into it. I think the roadmap hasn't, the roadmap's there. It hasn't been well sold, I don't think, and rolled out, and people are confused and, and confronted. And I guess in a weird way, it's not actually until you get out of that environment and you see an environment like this with people hmm. um, living a, a normal life in a normal manner and happy, the first thing you notice when you get off the plane in Perth is the mood, right? Yep. And it's not a grand final mood. It's just different to Melbourne mood. I was the same in Tasmania. Um, the city's hurting. It, it, it is an wonderful city it will roar again I've got no doubt post uh, open up in November uh, 80% vaccination I think they're going to see a mass small business movement Hachi, they'll push that back out to 90% and 95% no, and then they'll say you need a booster shot and then they'll make it 100% and then they I won't don't, I don't think they will but what what we need is a little bit less rhetoric and a little bit less um, long press conferences and reasons why and just a hard-nosed plan. Hmm. This is what's going to go down and how it's going to go down. It's time It's time for... 
we, we try to get too political on this, Hutchie, but it's time for him now, Daniel Andrews, to, the Premier, to, to take different advice from, from a whole range yeah, right. and so, a whole gamut of society and, and to bring, I'm not saying you, but people like you who have, who have made a success of other fields and who get things done. Now, every idea they throw up is not going to be valid necessarily, but it'll stimulate something that he hasn't got at the moment. And, that, that, and that's a man, any manner of hope. Look, I've got high, huge regard for, for the Premier. I just think there are times when he has been a little inflexible in his thinking and hard-nosed and hasn't, hasn't listened to those around him. And for whatever reason, the temperature of the city uh, has moved. Yeah. You know, and you look at New South Wales and, and Gladys, it, sure, it was, a, it was an almighty uh, error to let Delta out, um, albeit it, it is not something you can suppress. No. It has been suppressed here to this point. Hmm. It won't continue to be suppressed it will it, it, it's not suppressible in a, in a long term manner hmm. anywhere um, it's probably been a double bogey from the rough for Gladys to save you know with the, New South Wales is on track for 80% double vaccination rollout October 11 and to live with it um, you just want to see Victoria be a little more firm in its salesmanship hmm. around the plan yep and I think like one thing about Melbourne, it's full of really smart, talented, creative people, great business leaders. Uh, a lot of them are frustrated. A lot of them had their head in the sand for 18 months, just really worried about what's going on. The city will rise. It will rise hard and fast. I don't have as much hope as you, Hutchie. But it is, it is at the moment. It's the 11th round. It's Melbourne versus the pandemic. I think it's, been, I think it's, it's, been, knocked, it's, I think it's like, been knocked out, Hutchie. I don't we're, think no, we're, on our, back. we're on our feet, but we're, we can hardly put a, put a hand up to fight any longer. And, uh, I, just, I just encourage everyone to hang on. Yep. If you, if you this will sound pretty, um, what small-minded, but if this happened 50 years ago, don't forget, we'd have been waiting many years for a vaccination. We wouldn't have been able to connect with each other. We would have been uh, there'd have been no technology to help the things that have moved. We'd have had no means to to communicate. No, but there also wouldn't have been the same levels of control attempted that, that's happened here. Oh, and, and, and it's that. all about control. And, and, and that's what it's come down to. And the control ultimately now, two years in a row, has not worked. And that's why we're seeing people out of control. I'm not at all endorsing or validating any of those actions. But the mindset is, no, no, You've had two years at this. It hasn't worked. Anyway, Haji, we, don't, we try not to get too political at the best of times. There's no point doing that well, this we, week. Well, we admit that we don't know anything about no, it. No, we don't know what you're about just, it. We've got a microphone and we'll use it. <laughs> and, and as you have regularly said, you don't care if people don't like your view anyway, Hutchie. Hey, um, can I ask you a question want, about West Australia for a moment, just yep. while everyone's here? Just having, having seen the last small sample size for us, I've been in and out of town on normal times once a month and we'll be here... You know, more than once a month with the Perth Wildcats era coming to Perth, which we're really excited about. At the moment, it's tricky to get in and out because of borders. Um, you're here less often. You you probably don't leave. You know, you're, you you get as far as the AFL headquarters. That's about as far as you go. I used to come here. In to cover, life. Used to come here to cover Shield cricket. Hosts. You did. You're a great one of the great Sheffield Shield rounds. I'll see you for the, the two prelim finals back in 2015. So the local media here, like, is it? They're like, great. They're great. They are. Yeah, they're friendly. <laughs> But you can understand why the clubs get a bit of an armchair right. The, the quality of the person in the media here, you don't meet a bad person in media here. You don't. There's not really a niggler. No. There's not someone who's cynical. We're, we're not as all wounded like you and they, cynical. And, and they seem to like each other. We don't. They, they, they socialise. It's unheard well, of. Well, socialising, they, they actually organise. And this is actually, this made me think about... There was their Perth media drinks the other day. Yeah, and I, and I made sure I went, Archie. You didn't. You that snubbed ended, it. That ended up in a bar fight in Melbourne if that happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> but they did it, I feel, as much to welcome the, the Melbourne media yep. who's here. I mean, that's a, that is a lovely gesture. And the people who went but last night it, were greatly appreciative of it. And, and, and like everyone in, in this week in, in this town and who's working in footy, they're, they're flat out. But they made the effort to turn up and, and say welcome and... Uh, and look after us. But we, we, wouldn't, we haven't done that in Melbourne. I would pose a question, though, to you and perhaps the rooms for some degree of trepidation. Does it lend itself to enough accountability to the footy team? Right, is this where you're going with this? Um, Do the West Coast get an armchair ride from the media? Oh, <laughs> oh, let me some... ask the crowd. Who thinks the West Coast get an armchair ride from the media? <laughs> Yell out. Oh, it's a lot of response. Who thinks they're fairly covered? Wow. <laughs> Who thinks Fremantle will get an armchair ride from the media? Oh, there's a few uh, over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I th- you can just see, like, the players here are big deals. They're well looked after. The club's so respected. It's a West Coast town. Their tentacles are all over the place. I, I don't think that their mixed performances are critiqued as they would be in Melbourne. I, I think they get... Yeah. And and I'm, not, I'm not saying that they, they should be negatively covered, but they get disproportionate coverage. I, I would agree with that on the last two years of offering. Um, a, a finals appearance last year, which ended up in a, an elimination final loss, and then not even to make finals this year, when for at least half the season there was a strong yep. prospect of the big game being in this particular town. So I, I don't think there's been enough critiquing of that. But having said that, Hutchie, that, that's not different to what happens in Melbourne. I mean, we've talked regularly on this, on this program about you and I, and clearly others, having favouritism to certain people and clubs along the journey, and, and that can change. So I don't see. A, a but I mean, how do you how do you cover the West Coast with any degree of fairness? Like, there's only two clubs. Yeah, they're the biggest. You're a little bit reliant on access. The ecosystem of the West Coast and the media is almost one and the same. And I mean, is, is digital it, overlap. And is it possible, Hutchie, too, with the the, in, the um, inception of this club back in 1987? Uh, there was a, a massive element of an element of us against them at its origin yeah. and I think so that was a mindset thing and the famous line that you know the media back at the time would say to us in Melbourne that the club the West Coast would, would say to them you're either with us or you're against us and I think there was that mentality to begin with which I get as a, as a media group I mean you're proud of your state you're proud of your city we're not at the moment in Melbourne but are proud of anything there at the moment but but when a club joins the National League as it did then in 87, I can imagine that's how it started. And as you know, there's a massive overhang. That, that's, that's a long time ago now, but that is still in, in I, bread I, in, I, that, in that club. I think the public would like to see the team held more accountable okay. in Western Australia with, with more fair-minded coverage. Yeah. It's at the crossroads of West Coast. Of coverage? Well, just or, as, a, as a footy club. Like it's, it, it's got unbelievable... I think they'll try and buy their way out of the spot they're in. I do. And what are you saying there? Well, they've got seventy million dollars in the bank. They've got the ability to invest but, in their footy department. But you can only buy so much. Ah, so you can, unless you you're can getting pay, the means to pay the tax though on additional resources. You're talking about a coaching staff tax. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, well, they that, don't ultimately that creates, win that unless you've edge. got the players and the attitude of the players. It does create an edge though. Um, just before we move off footy, do you think Chris Scott will coach Geelong next year? I do. I do, but you and I had a conversation yesterday, and I, I think uh, it's fair to say, Hachi, without me preempting what you're about to say to our listeners, that you don't. I'm not certain that he will. You would think it's more likely than not that he will. He's got a year to go, but it feels like that's at a real hmm. crossroads. Steve Hocking, the CEO of Geelong, has gone in hard. He's always going to. He has he, he has gone in and, and run through the place in three, four weeks. Yep. And he's and seen a lot of things he doesn't like, a lot of things he wants to fix. There's going to be departures. There already has been. There'll be more. Uh, he's a he's a with are you with him or aren't you with him sort of guy. He and Chris Scott had a historically great relationship. But I, I think 
there'll either be an extension to Chris Scott's contract, which I hope is the case as a Geelong, um, partial Geelong, or, or you'll go. But I, I don't think there's going to be any middle ground on this. It's going to be a confronting off Well, they've got to sort it out pretty soon if, if it's going to be the uh, extreme of what you're saying there, Hutchie. Well, I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're about to enter the trade period where some key decisions are being made. Do you think the club's been... It's been a wonderful on-field effort. Do you think it's been a little bit complacent off-field? I think it has been. Yeah, yeah I do. I think there's been a bit going on at that footy club um, that they've uh, managed to keep quiet on but haven't necessarily reflected it, all that well. Has it been a cultural and, and uh, commercial reset? I think you could probably ask that of a lot of industry and business and, and the answer to that would probably be yes. But yeah, I, I would say yes to the Geelong specifics of, of what you're saying there. So I, I, There's a great... If I'm a bookie, I think he's the favourite to be the coach again and hopefully on an extension. But nothing would surprise me in the next two weeks at Geelong. It's okay. a mass watch this space asterisk yeah. for me. Yep. You're hearing all sorts of noises out of Geelong. Um, why weren't you at the Channel 7 breakfast today too, Hutchie? I, I was uh, invited to that at the Perth Casino and I, I, didn't, I, I didn't see you there anyway. I don't believe I was invited. Yeah. No, I don't think so. It's possible I was and I apologise if I was, but... Was I, was it was there an because empty my, place? My, my man uh, my man Basil did a very good job of hosting it. Yep, he yeah. did a outstanding job. How how his, te- his tentacles are in everything, aren't they? He's not everywhere, everywhere you turn. Yeah. He's he's taken over. The he tent. had a really good interview with Gillan McLaughlin up there on stage. Um, got a bit out of him, as you know. Gill doesn't give a lot when the microphones are on, and that's uh, in keeping with most people in those positions. But he got a little bit out of him this yep. week. Yeah, this no. today. He, he's done. He got a standing ovation, Gil, at the local footy when he tossed the coin on Saturday. Yeah. So he's been uh, well received around town, Damo. There's no doubt about it, and uh, looks a little bit more relaxed than normal, which is good to see. Uh, hey, I forgot to ask you before, by the way, on the um, on the issue with the with the uh, Shrine of Re- Remembrance. Yep. Did you see that the police have now applied for a no-fly zone over the top to restrict the uh, poli- the um, media choppers and the uh, drones and the kind of coverage that they're getting from above. Are you for real? Yeah. The, the, the police have... Uh, I, I, read, uh, I read just before we, got, we came on that the police have applied for... Re- is that fair and reasonable? No, and, and that just gets back to this control component that, that is now enmeshed between not just government but police thinking they can actually control everything about... That, that, that is, that's another new level yep. or another depth of, of this... Can I, control can I, that is not working in that state. Can I ask you a dangerous question? Well, we usually never Since we're in, a, we're in a pub of 200 friends, I think it's, it's a little risky, but if you were Mark McGowan, yeah. would you follow the national plan and open up at 80%? Or would you maintain what you've seen over the last 10 days for longer and keep Delta out for longer? I know that's a tough question in an environment like this, no, but, no, but, but it's got to be asked. I don't even care for my own opinion on this because, so I, I can't imagine why anyone else would care for my opinion on it. I, I wouldn't, Do you want to hear Damo's opinion on this? <laughs> well, we I'll answer it two ways. I reckon he'll keep doing what he has been doing because it has worked. And I think if you, if we ever get to a um, a scorecard situation about who handled. COVID-19 well as a, as, a, as a state or a city, and I'm talking internationally, it's going to be on one side of the equation, isn't it, as, as a success story from the health of the people under that watch, okay? So there's that aspect of it. The future um, as, as to how it looks is, is another issue, Hachi, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I, yeah, it's, it's going to not always be that way, and, and how you prepare for that. So, But no, to answer your question, I'd, if I'm Mark McGowan, I'd be doing what I'm doing. It's, it's, it's worked in a way that hasn't worked around the country and it's worked in a way that really hasn't worked around the world. There's reasons for that. I don't need to go into those reasons. Geographical it, location is a key reason of it. But 
Yeah, I, I just keep it going. The In Tasmania, the weekend before I left, the state premier announced that rooms of a 1,000 or more wouldn't need face masks. And that was a, quite an, uh, uh, an out-of-the-blue announcement to a Tasmanian because they haven't had any COVID for 15 months in essence. Yep. And you know, now if they need to go to an event or a, a crowd, it's face masks. Um, that's pre-setting behaviour, isn't it, for mm. when Delta gets in? That is, They yeah. look like they're going to follow the national plan, so too South Australia and yep. who knows Queensland. Did, at, at which point there's going to be, inevitably and sadly, Delta in those communities most yeah. probably. Now, the, the next step there, as Mark McGowan said, is probably for West Australia to shut off to South Australia and Tassie right. for a period of time, you know, until for how long. So it's, and look, it's hard too, actually, because there's obviously family who can't get in and back into to Perth. So that, that's the, the other issue. Um, just on Mark McGowan, um, he, he made that line about the 1,000 people and gatherings in Tassie, didn't he? Saying that yeah. there weren't that many of them. Yeah. Um, he also made a reference today to, to, uh, about Eddie Maguire when he said he'll continue and then there'll be easing of certain things come January, but the the Eddie ban would be likely to stay longer. <laughs> he said it in jest. He said yeah. purely in jest, but it was yeah. actually... Uh, yeah. you th- um, there's you another think, thing. Just again for the record, you think he should have been allowed in Eddie to... Perth. No, I, I didn't say that at all. I, I Don't did, you? No, well, I, 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 told you, oh, I told you I, what, why I think he wasn't, and that was the, the application that came on behalf of his sons as well to come as producers, which I, I just think that was the red rag to a, of, to a government that, that was looking for reasons that you know weren't fitting the, the, the necessary or essential component to the application. It's come up a little bit in my travels, and I, most people, well, not most, more than 50%, have have said that they would have thought that they thought the state premier did the wrong thing not letting him in, and he would have had a great value to the week and the pageant around the game. You've asked me this, I reckon, three or four times on this show. Now we discussed it at length the day it happened. I reckon you're alluding to a Channel Seven Seven West thing here with no, I'm not with no. no, I think you are because you're too fascinated by this topic. No, it was the first time we've been in a room of a couple hundred people. That's all. You, I, you I, think I, Kerry Stokes has had a say in this? Is I, what, is I, what I, I know you are asking I, me here. I don't. You wanted me to say it. I, I don't know, Kerry. I don't know if you know. He walked straight past me at the Brownlow. <laughs> he TJ'd you. <laughs> he TJ'd me. So there you go. So it's a, it's been a, a wonderful week, though, in uh, Western Australian life. It, the the buzz around the grand final is like nothing we've ever seen. The Bulldog narrative I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Are you trying to wind me up, eh? Is that no, I was just checking. Yeah, because people want to ask questions. So The... Um, the bulldog narrative. I, I heard, I've been piecing this together a little bit. That it's based, <laughs> oh, have you? That's based on the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, okay. I, I suspect that's the narrative that. Look, I I don't know for sure, but I've heard clips and grabs here of players. As which, in as in Luke Beveridge's theme this week or or this this season this final series. He's a yeah. theme guy, right? In he's, 2016, it was the dog, wasn't it? The the, the, the salty dog. The, the salty dog, whatever yep. that was. Yeah. But this time around, you could you can sort of see how you could draw like. No one gave them any hope after round 23. Kane Corns was one of them who said, they've got no hope. Yeah. And the Shawshank Redemption is built on hope. There's that famous scene, Damo, in the, in the jail yard where uh, Red, who's played by Morgan Freeman, and Andy Dupree have the conversation. Tim Robbins, the Tim, character. Tim Robbins, yeah. sorry, excuse me. He says, hope can kill a man. Don't get caught on hope. Hope is all I've got. And the whole movie's of this debate where the Tim Robbins character hangs on to hope and, and Red, Morgan Freeman, says there is no hope. And then the movie ends... With Morgan Freeman going the opposite Spoil, way. Spoiler alert here. Has he, don't, don't well, everyone's, seen, everyone's seen the short. <laughs> everyone's seen it five times. The Shawshank Redemption. And he says at the end, I, I hope I make it to the Blue Seas. I hope I get to see my friend Andy Dupree. The last two words of the movie are, I hope. And I think Luke spun that into a hope journey. They've got a ver- their version of Shawshank, which is not very replicable, but it's five weeks in quarantine. Yep. Been in and out of states. 
and then I'll let a train like. And I just wondered when I saw them walk yesterday, the long walk down to the Cottesloe Beach, whether that was their moment of ah, right. out of uh, quarantine. Right, okay. Into the, into, and then, obviously, the, the, <laughs> the sad thing is that the, the narrative runs out from there. I don't know what you do on grand final day. <laughs> but uh, I just wonder whether they, he's lit a fuse in them, yeah. the Bulldogs. Oh, it's an amazing bond, isn't it? To, and then they've somehow got themselves into this position where, where they actually now, and it's incredible to think that they're about to play a grand final, but they've got nothing. Like, like zero to lose, Hachi, haven't they? They do. They're, they're, and that's, the, that's a dangerous team in, well, in any situation. It, it's not house money because grand finals sting when you lose. Yeah, they do. They do. But and they haven't been there. They many. weren't meant to be there four weeks ago. But it is said. a wonderful opportunity for the dogs. And Melbourne not playing a lot hmm. is a thing. Yep. It really is a thing. How do you think Kane Corns and I are going to go if, uh, if the Bulldogs do win and, and for the Sunday footy show we have to... Uh, Go as we do wherever the grand final winning team is the yep. next morning. How are we going to go this there? Is, I mean, he, get this. So he, let me paint a picture for you, uh, ladies and gentlemen in the crowd. Uh, Damo is persona non grata with Luke Beveridge ever since the Brownlow incident. Kane Corns has probably got Damo now covered. He's got me covered, I think. If, if Luke Beveridge has got a list, and, and anyone knows Luke Beveridge would assume, I think, that he has a list. At least in the back of his head. And then if Damo and... Uh, Kane Corns aren't the Federer and Nadal and the one and the two seed. I'll go he on Luke Beveridge's list. And if the Bulldogs win the flag, Damo and Kane are being sent Sunday morning to the Bulldog celebrations to get access. We may not get access to players. Such. We I might just be giving opinion on what happened. I think. You've got four, five days to find a freelancer is how I see it. This ain't going to go your way if the Bulldogs win. If no. they win in spite of you both and Kane riding them off and you chipping them, this is not going to be pretty on Sunday. It'll be good television, 10 o'clock. No, in all seriousness, actually, they've actually been very cooperative this week. I've had uh, um, access to uh, to players and, and around staff. The, around, and around the outskirts? You haven't had to go through the big dog yet. And no. on Sunday morning when they win, and, the, he's, and when, when Luke Beveridge is a two-time... Yeah, I know. His place in the Bulldog no, I, AFL Hall of Fame is set as a two-time It might be already set. Coach. He's probably already got there, hasn't he, hasn't he? Given, given what he did in 2006. It'd be an amazing story if he does it. And Simon Goodwin, he's been through everything, hasn't he? Yeah. He was in the Essendon uh, yeah, he assistant was. coach. He was. He was caught up in that kind of coaching uh, issue there with James Hurd. He was. He got out just in time, I reckon, before yeah. that it got any deeper. He's had his self-admitted challenges along the way. Uh, he had a club that was uncertain on him only a year ago. It's a mighty achievement for Melbourne. Mm. It's a great story. And whoever wins will really deserve it on the weekend, but it'll be magnificent. And you, you said that Optus Stadium is the best stadium in Australia, even better than the MCG. By a mile, yeah. And I'm, I much, say it because I believe it, Hutchie. How Not much be, heat have you worn for that? Yeah, actually a little bit now. It's starting to uh, yeah, come back to me from Melbournians, yes. You stand by it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think you would think that too, but you being the well, political animal that you are and the need to get state government money from Victoria in all your pursuits, you won't say that, will you? Well, I think the, I think it's the best venue because it should be the newest venues are always the best venues. But I'm, I'm, I'm not talking just the best; it's the best by a long way, a, a long way, Hachi. If you if you're judging it purely on comfort and spectacle and viewing, it, and, of course and, it is. And ambience and, and noise, lighting. yeah, it's and the newest yeah, everything. You're not really pricing in the romance and the history though into that model, are you? No, that's true. And I, and a couple of Perth people I've spoken to this week, Archie, um, have actually added that yep. to the conversation, which I, I hadn't factored in when I said it's. I'm just talking about the game, the ground itself. But but I think there's yeah. an, there's an opportunity for the AFL. I, I had thought the same with the NRL, but interestingly, the ticket prices, the ticket sales of the NRL Grand Final in Brisbane are a little a little slower than I thought they'd be early days. Just from looking from the outside, I think there's an opportunity for. Yeah, you'll you'll think this is a dumb dumb deal, but 
The MCG contract's got 55 years to go. Don't, don't jump on what I've been saying for about five years, Hutch, and that is that it should be rotated every five or six years out of the MCG. Well, I wouldn't... Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, I think there's an opportunity this to... This is my idea. There's an opportunity to... Long ex- before this year. Extend their deal. Oh, why extend it? But we're going to have to give something to get something. That's true. So if you can carve out every fourth one, it's a tough sell still at that. Yeah, I'd, I'd make it five or six. Every, every five said, or six years, yep. said, here's a fresh 100-year contract yep. <laughs> on, imp- on improved terms, but one in every four moves. So you're getting, yeah. you're getting 75 grand finals over 100 years, and here's, I don't know, what else See, I see this is the, the why and the why not thing, isn't it? Because obviously I like the idea and have been espousing this idea for a number of years, but I didn't think they'd be able to do it because of this deal already going another 37 years. Well, you've got to go and try and recover. So you're saying at 100. Well, you've got to get, I mean, they're going to have to, you have to find something they want in order to sweeten it, right? So hmm. that's going to be the challenge. But it, and I, I'm on the MCC, I'm not doing that deal unless there's lots of, lots of plus alphas. Yeah. But it would be a great thing for the game, one every four. Yeah, I agree. This city agree. has turned it on. Adelaide, it, this is the Super Bowl of the West. It's been magnificent. And Adelaide would do the same. Adelaide deserves one. Um, and, and I'd take it to Brisbane in the year before the Olympics in 2032. Incredible. Because so, that, that, that is going to become the Opus Stadium in, in that period yep. of time when they build that stadium for the Olympics. So one in every four is the go. Yep. I, I th- it's been interesting to watch the city grow over the days. I, I got in... I just can't remember what I got in. It's been such a blur, but it's been great to watch the city build and, and grow over the over recent days. It almost felt a bit pensive early, like it didn't know how to grab hold of a grand final week, mm. and then it's just started to roar the last yeah. three days. You, you, oh, look, as an outsider, I can feel that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Hachi, I'm going to avoid doing what I would normally do um, in, a, in an all sounding board uh, podcast uh, and raise the name Dylan Howard. There is reason to raise it, but I, I don't think maybe this forum is the right. We're one out to of time, it. I think, are we? Yeah, we might be, but I'll, I'll park it and raise it next week because uh, he did find himself in the news again. Um, during the week, uh, forcing a certain outlet to apologise to him for words said uh, through the, word, the mouths of an a interview subject. But um, I won't uh, subject you to that now, nor our listeners who over here may not be as fascinated by it, it as much as some people in Melbourne. But Just on behalf of the team at Drinkwise, uh, you'll never miss a moment if you drink wise and their commitment to social responsibility while having fun. Simon Strawn and his team. Thanks for joining us in grand final week here at the Wembley Hotel in Perth. It's an iconic pub. It's mm. a magnificent venue. Incredible beer garden. Great part of town. So great to see so many of you who have been kind enough to check out our podcast along the way and to listen and connect to it and to put up with Damo. I think that's been rather admirable. And uh, thanks above all else for having us in this beautiful city of Perth. It is a magnificent part of the world right now. It is the place in the world right now. We're humbled to be here. We won't overstay our welcome. And thanks so much for having us at the Wembley this afternoon. And remember, you won't miss a moment if you drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.